Have you heard the statistic that on average, women speak twice as many words as men? Well, wives, if you're frustrated that your husband isn't talking to you enough, I have some good news for you today. In honor of Valentine's Day, we've got some words of wisdom on this topic from a marriage expert. So stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Kurlitis, your host, and I am so glad that you're back with us today. Uh, right here at the top of the show, we do want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. We are getting censored a lot, so please, would you be a part of the the movement to get our, our podcast out and about with all of our great information. Um, I do want to invite you here on the top of the show. If uh, you haven't joined the, the movement here at Moms for America, we would love to have you in our tribe. We are moms all across the country uniting together to fight for our faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. You can find out all about Moms for America on our website at momsforamerica.us. Again, that is momsforamerica.us. So please stop by and check us out. Um, Alrighty, on to today's program. Valentine's Day is this week. So we wanted to do a program about keeping marriages strong. Well, there's certainly no one that would be a better guest for this than Bob Moeller. He is the host of the award-winning television program, Marriage for Better for Worse. He's written 10 books on marriage, including Getting Your Husband to Talk to You. Welcome, Pastor Bob, to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Could you tell us a little bit about your family? We always love to know about everyone's tribe and their kids and grandkids. If you have a dog, that's good to know, too. Or any pets. What do you got over there? Well, Cheryl and I have been married 43 years as of now. Uh, Next June will be um, 44. We have six grown children. They're all married. And now we have nine grandchildren. So um, God has blessed our family, and we're very thankful for that. Cheryl and I have been involved in marriage ministry specifically since uh, 1993 or thereabouts. So we're coming up on our 30th year of uh, ministering to couples. And we have a nonprofit organization called For Better, For Worse, For Keeps, um, taken after the first book, named after the first book that we wrote some years ago. Wow. Well, congratulations on all those years of marriage. It is great to have someone that's kind of been through, uh, you know, the challenges, the highs, the lows of marriage. You know, we know that it is a challenge. You know, you put two people together and you say, go work it out for the rest of your life. And it's to God be the glory. You know, that's our goal. But um So with Valentine's Day and all this coming up, we want to do things better as wives and just like our husbands want to do things better. So I love to just talk with you a little bit about um, the the top complaint, I guess, from women is that they can't get their husbands to talk to them. Um, You know, my husband always says to me, you have so many more words than I do. And um, I, I guess that's true all across the board, not just here in my household. Well, I like what uh, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, uh, who was pastor of Moody Memorial Church for years, said, marriage is the exciting adventure of solving problems together that yes. you never would have had if you had stayed apart. And so, yeah, marriage has its uh, challenges. And one of those is communication. Mm-hmm. And 
The assumption is, sadly, or mistakenly, that we're identical, you know, and certainly our culture has a narrative going these days that there's very little difference between men and women. But of course, scripture teaches us otherwise, that we are mm -hmm. made in the image of God, distinctly yes. male and female. And that includes the differences between us include how we communicate, mm -hmm. how we talk with one another. And I'll admit that what I'm sharing now, I didn't understand at the beginning of our marriage some four decades ago, but now I've come to see much more clearly. And that is men and women uh, talk or communicate in a different fashion. And one is not better than the other. They're just different. But we do need to understand the differences and honor them. Let me start with sort of a basic premise I have. Okay. And that's that wives are drawn to husbands who talk and husbands are drawn to wives who listen. And let me say you that. You almost again. have to say that again. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it a second time. <laughs> wives are drawn to husbands who talk to them. But men are drawn to wives who listen to them. And there's a difference between the two. Yeah. Um, and understanding that difference, I think, is very much part of the key of getting your husband uh, to talk to you. Mm -hmm. James 1.19 says this, and here's a, for wives this uh, Valentine's time. Here's a key verse to remember. My okay. dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, mm -hmm. slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, the problem is, is that in, in, for most of us, we have it the other way around. You right. know, we're very quick to become angry sometimes and very quick to say what we think, mm -hmm. often slow to listen. Right. Um, I, I want to share for even reasons. even in parenting. This is across the board. This isn't just in marriage. This is. Oh, yeah. It in applies life, to right. all relationships. Right. I have found that the most powerful way to get someone to open up to me as a pastor or a marriage uh, minister is to listen to them. Mm. And that sounds almost like a cliche. Sure, everybody should listen. But I'm not talking about the ordinary idea of listening. I'm talking about listening where you don't say anything um, for much of the conversation. You let the other person talk. Mm. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. There's a but, difference too, right, Pastor, between listening and, and like being heard. Because exactly. you can listen. And I find myself sometimes doing this, you know, I'm listening, but I'm really not hearing. Well, right. Often we're just listening until we look for that opportunity to say what we think. Mm. or to correct, or argue, or push back, or amend, or edit, or something like that. Right. It's just a very natural human tendency. But with men particularly, quiet men, my father was a quiet man. My mother always used to say at the dinner table, uh, his name was Homer, he's a wonderful man, but you'd say, Homer, say something. You know, <laughs> the, the kids are all here, say something. And go, well, right. what should I say? And he'd say, she'd say, I don't know, just say something. He'd say, oh, pass, no. pass the potatoes, you know, and that right. was pretty much it. Well, and yet I notice at family gatherings when my wife Cheryl would sit with my father, he would be animated. He would be using his hands, smiling, talking, dominating the conversation. Mm. So what was the difference? What was the difference? Yeah. What was she doing? And she was listening to him. Right. And again, by listening, I mean not interrupting, amending, avoiding, waiting until you can say what you think. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously dialogue is necessary in a marriage, but in terms of getting a quiet person to talk, 
Um, well, let me explain some some reasons men don't talk. Maybe this right. Yeah, that, that's clear. that's my question. Why why would they not talk? Well, let me give you four or five reasons. Number one is they are afraid their thoughts and ideas will be criticized or rejected. Hmm. A number of men are just hesitant because they put their foot in that that, that toe in the water before, and suddenly they're finding themselves being challenged or criticized or corrected okay. or whatever. And they go, okay, rather than have that happen, I'll just be quiet. So okay. they're afraid their thoughts will be rejected. Number two, they're often, not, excuse me, not as verbally skilled as their wives, and they know it. Um, they know that they can't express themselves often with words as uh, easily or fluently as their wife is. And they may not tell you this, but they're intimidated by that. Hmm. That, uh, and is that they, just because we're always talking? So we've just, it flows out so quickly and we're just, it's just well, part that, of our nature. Yes. Uh, God did create women where words are everything to a woman. They're little pieces of her soul. Hmm. I mean, words are so vital to women, but they are not to men. Mm -hmm. Men are far more impressed by action or attitude. Hmm. If you ask a man for example, who he admired most growing up. He'll probably be able to tell you who it was, but he will probably tell you what they did rather than what they said. Mm. They will probably say, well, he believed in me. Mm. Or she always supported me. Or, you know, they were always there for me. Or they were my, you know, one person I could go to. Now, not that they don't remember things that were said, but men are not as moved by words as women are. That's why Paul says, uh, um, or excuse me, it's Peter who says that wives, you can win your husbands without words. Hmm. Now, isn't that amazing? Yeah, How that is. You... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to start winning better here. Okay. <laughs> how, could you, how could you win somebody without words? Because to a woman, that's unimaginable. It's right. also why women remember everything their husband ever said. True? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you we, know. Now, now you, back to this moment where you were talking about, you know, men and women being verbally skilled, I guess. You do refer to this ping pong, um, right, mentality with uh, how you, it's a catch in a ping pong and we're, we work faster, they work slower. Yes, here's, here's a fundamental difference, Andy, is that, well, women speak anywhere from 60 to 90,000 words a day. Men speak 15 to 30,000 on average. It's a big difference. Or, well, or 30 to 60,000 with gusts up to 90, as someone once said. Um, women just are more verbally um, gifted and I think God created that way in general. Right. Now, there are marriages where it's the opposite, but generally speaking, that's it. So uh, men are not going to say as much as wives. Now, when I'm doing men's conferences, I'll ask a question of the men. Let's say I do a men's weekend somewhere. I'll say, men, just raise your hand if you agree with me. Just because you're quiet doesn't mean you don't have something to say. Oh, right. Virtually every hand goes up. Just because I'm quiet doesn't mean I don't have something to say. Yeah, huge That's point. the mistake that wives sometimes make. Is right. Because he's quiet thinking he doesn't have something to say. Right. Now, well, my husband will say, uh, and we, we learned this years ago, he'll just say, I used up all my words. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, and that just means, you know, I'm done 
talking. I can't, I can't keep up with you, but I'm sure it doesn't mean that he doesn't have something to say, but he's just used him up for that period in time. And then I kind of just, I, I understand that because I just keep going and we need to respect one another's positions on these, right? We certainly do. Again, one is not better or more right. right. It's just different. Let me give you another reason why men don't talk. And that's because they're convinced in many cases, they'll lose the exchange. Mm. In other words, if we have to go into the arena and we're going to have an argument, let's just call it uh, a, um, a, a passionate conversation. Uh, or intent- I'm going to use that from now on, passionate conversation. Um, they think they'll lose because their wives, you know, are just better with words. And, you know, I'm from Chicago and mm-hmm. um the only team I know that's willing to go on to the playing field, knowing they're going to lose almost every time was the Chicago Cubs. Um, they still played, but they knew most seasons they were going to lose. It took 109 years to win another world series, right. but everybody can have a bad century now and then, as we say, anyway. Um, so they're convinced think- they're not going to lose. They're convinced they're going to lose the conversation, whatever that means losing. Well, yeah, come out mm-hmm. with nothing more to say or okay. feeling like their opinion was not that well informed. And okay. so they just rather than lose, we'll say nothing. The final reason is they were taught as children in many cases to be quiet or face the consequences. Hmm. Now think about this. Who is the perfect? Let's say you have a female elementary teacher. Mm-hmm. Who would be the perfect student in her class? Would it be the guy who's always fidgeting and, right. you know, wanting to disrupt or go outside? Or is it the girl who sits there quietly and obeys mm-hmm. the rules and, you know, draws within the lines? Right. Or let's say you're in a home where you have a very dominant parent, father or mother. And if you say what you're thinking, you pay a price for it. Hmm. Be quiet. I, I have problems of my own. I'll ask you if mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. You're not grateful for anything I do for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. some men grow up hearing those words. Right. And that does really affect you because as you grow, you learn. Exactly. That's what you've learned, right? And you learn to be quiet Hmm. in order to avoid conflict. So a lot of men are just, you know, conversation avoidant because they were trained to be in that, uh, in the arena in which they were raised. Well, what can we do, Pastor, now to get our, our men to talk more? Give us some some counsel here on how we can do this better. Okay. Well, let me start by telling you some mistakes not to make. Okay. okay. Some The some do's tips. and the don'ts. Yes. Here's the don'ts first. Okay. Don't expect an immediate response or answer and pressure him. Back to what you said about ping pong. Women are wired to have conversation that goes back and forth. They, they even talk over each other, but they hear each other, right? <laughs> and we change yeah. subjects very quickly. That drives my husband crazy. He goes, I am still in the conversation. Five minutes ago, you've left this and I don't even know where you're at. So yes. and, women, and when he says it to me, I get it. Women like, can verbally channel surf, okay? They're able <laughs> to do that. And they're fine with each other. You can have two women at Starbucks, both talking at the same time, both hearing the other. You can have three women, you can have four, you can have doubles going on and it's ping pong. Okay. But men don't play ping pong. Their brain isn't wired for that. Their brain is wired for playing catch. If you've ever seen men play catch with a football or a baseball at a picnic Mm. or something, you throw the ball, the guy holds it till he's ready. Then he throws it back. And then the other guy holds it and he may toss it casually back when he's ready. And the men are just fine with that. 
But with women, they want an instant answer. And when they say, well, what do you say about this? You know, mm -hmm. what are we going to tell our daughter? Uh, you know, or how are we going to discipline our son? You right. know, that's putting pressure on him. Now, I, I don't want to go too deep into the weeds in this, but actually there's a neurological reason behind this because um, words are formed on one side of our brain and emotions on the other side, left half, right half. Okay. With women, both sides are incredibly connected. So they can they can immediately match their words and their emotions at the speed of light, nearly. Mm -hmm. Men, when they're in the womb and are developing, wow. the creator uh, for males in the womb, they're given a shot of um, uh, the male hormone, testosterone. And that severs or slows down the communication between the two sides of the brain. So literally, this. there's fewer bridges between the right and left half, which is why a man will often say, give me some time to think about this. Okay. He's looking for a bridge. <laughs> He's trying okay. to connect between so, them. So that's a fair response. It is. And a wise wife will say, okay, honey, when you're ready, let's talk about it. Okay. And I've had this experience many times in our marriage. Cheryl's asked me what I thought. And I said, I don't know. I'm not avoiding her. I'm not discounting this. I'm not devaluing the conversation. I honestly don't know okay. because I haven't connected the two, but I'll come back and say, now I do know what I think, and this is what I want to do. And, you know, that works, but she's learned to be patient. Okay. You see, they assume that he's just being stubborn or difficult when he doesn't give you an immediate response. And that's misunderstanding him. I understand now. Not that we men can't be stubborn and right. not that we can't be difficult. Right. But honestly, most of the time, we're not trying to be. It's All right. just we're waiting, okay? Okay, so An another one? Another mistake. They interrupt, they evaluate, they criticize their husband's thoughts as soon as he speaks them, thus discouraging him. Mm. Just as soon as he says it, they go, no, no, no. <laughs> Why? No, don't you remember this? Or haven't you thought about that? Another problem is they're uncomfortable with dead air. And that is when there's nothing being said between the two of you. Now, women are wired maybe out of a desire to be nurturing and caring to fill in dead air. They right, the in-betweens. Yeah, they want to fill this. in the in-betweens. Let's take the awkwardness out of this. Yeah. That's very kind. Except men are perfectly fine with dead air. It does not make them uncomfortable. They don't lose interest in the conversation. They're processing. I tell wives, if you use a personal computer and you're you're turning it on and it's booting up, imagine that donut spinning, you know, that says it's the program's not quite ready, but it's loading. That's yeah. your husband's brain. And that drives me crazy when it does that on there. I'm like, hurry, hurry, hurry. No, I'm just kidding. But so it's he, yes, Yeah. It but see, in in, right. in female brain, it you turn on your computer, the whole thing is there. I mean, yeah. it comes immediately on, but that, that's not men. You know so, what really, Pastor, what I love about this is it's really asking women to slow down. Yes. It really is because we way move way too fast. And over the years, I've had to learn to just slow down, quit running through the wall you know, and just step back, evaluate. So I'm I'm still on a learning curve in my 50s here. But yes, everything you're saying really does make sense. Well, let me tell you some, share with you something. And that's that I work with troubled couples for a marriage, with mm -hmm. for their marriages. You know, that's our ministry is we have mm -hmm. stage four marriages. And if there's one thing 
keep couples in a deeply troubled relationship share in common, they can't talk. Um, often they can't look at each other in the eye, and there's reasons for that as well. But I learned, and I, I, I think the Lord just showed me this through the years of working, that if I would listen to the life story of each person, really the life story, who's ever been asked their life story by someone? Very rarely. Mm -hmm. But I will listen two to three hours to each person mm -hmm. to tell me their life story. And you would be amazed at what happens, mm. uh, particularly with men. You listen to a man for an hour and a half, he'll walk you to the door of his heart. He'll, he'll take you to what's really troubling him, bothering him. But it took an hour and a half to get there. Mm -hmm. How many wives are willing to wait that long? When you just said that, that you just really struck me to the door to their heart. You yeah. know, men will start crying. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to manipulate right. emotions, but if I'll listen for an hour or two to a man, I've almost very few exceptions. He does not reach for, for Kleenex or something or wipe his, his face with his sleeve because now you've gotten, to, you see, the heart is where we give and receive love and mm -hmm. our hearts get damaged growing up. And often that damage is not resolved when we get to marriage, which is why we often have conflicts with each other. We're mm -hmm. stepping on each other's unresolved pain, but we don't understand that pain because we've never listened in this way. Mm -hmm. And I've had women turn to their husbands and say, why are you talking to this man? You've talked to him two hours. You haven't spent that much time talking the last two months. Mm -hmm. to me." And I'll just say with all the sweetness and sincerity I can muster, well, I'm listening to him. Right. I'm not correcting him. I'm not judging him. I'm not telling him where he's wrong. I'm not giving him my opinion. If I ask a question, it is only to clarify. Tell me more. What so, Pastor, you to your point, you told us some of the don'ts. So the do is, number one, listen. When he, when he does respond, resist every impulse, everything within you to evaluate, criticize, alter, or reject something he has just said. And okay. instead, smile and say something positive like, I can understand how you would feel that way. It doesn't mean you agree. You don't, that's not a deceptive statement. It's just, okay. I can understand why you might feel that way. Okay. Okay. That's one thing you can do. If there are any pauses or periods of silence, say nothing. I mean, nothing. And give him time and space to continue his thoughts. Say nothing. Okay. I, I, if we had more time, I'd tell you stories of how that has transformed marriages, even saved them. Well, I have all these notes here in front of me, so this is going to be my homework. <laughs> all right. If he pauses, yeah, just smile at him like, mm -hmm. yes, okay, and don't say anything. He will talk again. He will start okay. talking again. Just trust me on this. May take okay. thirty seconds. May take a minute. Be pleasant. You're not pressuring him. You only want to understand his heart. And when he believes that that's he's going to be heard. He'll start talking. In fact, he you may have trouble getting him to, excuse me, to stop talking. Uh, a, a third thing you can do is mm -hmm. ask clarifying questions to draw out further information, such as, tell me more. Or what did that do to you? Or what happened next? See, you're not challenging what he's saying or criticizing. You're only trying to draw more out of him. Okay. By asking Fair. questions that clarify. Okay. And Chances are he will. 
clarify that. Well, how do you know he's starting to share his heart with you? Well, I think one thing is he will tell you things you never knew about him. I don't care how long you've been married, there's still things you don't know about him, nor does he know about you. Not necessarily that you're hiding secrets. Secrets, right. But just unexplored topics, experiences, memories, Mm. things that happened. For example, I encourage wives to ask their husbands this question. What's the best compliment anyone ever paid you? Because that's going to go to respect, which is a husband's basic need. Mm -hmm. So what's the most, I remember the best compliment anyone ever paid me. I was in a sophomore in high school. And I was in gym class and the head football coach was our gym teacher. And I wasn't an athlete. I was a nerd. I was in debate. (laughs) They don't give you letter jackets for debate, but they do for (laughs) football. Okay. Um, One day we were lining up for inspection and he walked down the line and he stopped and he looked and he pointed at me. I was like 15. And he said, Moeller, he said, you're in debate, aren't you? Mm. I thought, oh boy, here it comes. You know, he's going to have everyone laughing at me. He said, I've been reading the school newspaper and you've been winning a lot of tournaments, haven't you? And I said, well, yes, sir. We've had a good a good year so far. He goes, you haven't had a good year. You've had a great year. Mm. Then he turned around and said, gentlemen, not everybody can play football for me. And not everybody should. The important thing in life is find out what you're good at and do it. Like Moeller here. He found out what he was good at. He said, keep up the good work, son. And he walked away. That stuck with you the rest of your life. I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Because in the male world, the alpha world, athletics is the suno bonum. You know, that's the top. And I wasn't good at that. So that would have put me near the bottom. But that day he elevated me to the top Mm. and said, guys, be like like Moeller here. Find what you do and do it well. Yes. And I was so encouraged. We went on to win the state debate tournament two years later. And, uh, you know, you're speaking uh, hope to to someone. If we just slow down and recognize strengths and encourage um, more instead of kind of just, um, I guess, speeding past it, it really is very impactful. My son just mentioned something very similar to a situation he's in, and it just made him come alive, you know, at his workplace. So I understand. I understand. We need to be more about that, don't we? And with our young boys too. Now this, when we're talking about males in general to husbands, but when we're raising young men, this is the same principles, slower listening, speak, you know, drawing that out of them. We have to, we can apply this to raising our boys as well. Absolutely. You know, people complain all the time. My teenagers won't talk to me. Mm-hmm. And my answer is, but do you listen to them? Yeah. You know, yes, we correct them for their messy room or, you right. know, or momming them too always. Much. Right. right. But do we stop and ask a question? Now, you probably can't ask this to begin with because it's a little bit too deep. And remember, you have to walk men to the door of their heart. You can't push them there. But, um, you know, is there something in your life, my son, that's hurting you? I mean, when's the last time we asked our kids that, particularly our young boys? Is there something hurting you? Am I hurting you? Is dad hurting you? And are we hurting you in some way? You won't get in trouble for telling me the truth, okay? Mm. But are you being hurt at school in some way? Yeah. Okay. You know, the number- Take out those gentle moments, yeah. 
Well, the number one word in a national survey of teenagers, the number one emotion word they felt was hurt. And we don't often stop to realize that. But if we think back on our junior high days, mean girls, bullies, yeah. all sorts Tough. of other stuff, there was a ton of hurt. Yeah. I mean, I looked at junior high as, you know, um, you know, a purgatory. Um, <laughs> for I know, it's a it's a rough, it's a rough scene. It's rough. Oh, gosh, it's yeah. all you need rough crowd, rough crowd. Yeah. Someone to listen. Yeah. And I mean, there's all stuff, sorts of stuff going on that was, I was being bullied in, in junior high and I sure. rarely told anybody. Yeah. We hear this across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Now social media has taken all that to a new level, hasn't it? Oh, it's just, it, it is, it is horrendous what, what's going on with our kids and even just, women, men, I mean, just everything is just tough, you know, new society, new game, new rules or no rules, lack of, I should say. Um, But pastor, before we go, just any other closing thoughts for, for our, our, us as wives with our husband that you didn't get a chance to mention, because I do want to give you a nice wrap up on this and uh, close us with your thoughts. Well, let me give you real quickly these, I probably can't unpack them. But how you'll know he's sharing his heart, besides hearing things you never heard, your conversations with him will last longer. Mm-hmm. It will suddenly dawn on you, you know, he's talking to me. He talked to me for 45 minutes tonight. And usually it's 15. Another, and this will be quite unexpected, but often it happens, is he will pray and read the scriptures to you. Mm-hmm. He will start taking initiative to do that once he feels that he's heard. Without even pressuring him or twisting his arm or hinting, you know, strongly, he may very well begin reading scripture and praying with you. And Which is so going, important. Yes, it is. And last, he's going to say he loves you more often mm. because you will have reached his heart by listening and by caring. And he will feel drawn to you. He will feel close to you. Um, most men do not have one good friend, best friend, study show. Women have dozens of good friends. But uh, years ago, a study was done. It was called The Friendless American Male, the book that came out of it, and said most men don't have one close friend. And I often challenge wives, why don't you be that best friend? Mm -hmm. Amen. He he needs one. And that means going with him, being with him. It's not so much talking to him. It's just entering his world. When he says, I'm going to... uh, I'm 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 going to go to uh, Menards or I'm going to be going to Home Depot. I want you to say I'll go with you. And you're. But he doesn't want me to go with because then I want to buy stuff, Bob. I got to figure that out better. Well, give him. (laughs) He tells me no, just stay home. I'm just kidding. Give him the card before you go. Say this is yours. We'll we'll make we'll make a we'll we'll make a, a, a. a pack before we go. No, but you're right. I mean, we really need to be running together with our mates. Well, um, see, for men, I'm convicted as I'm listening to you now. So I'm going to call my husband after this. It's presence. That's <laughs> what 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 men want. It is not good that man be alone. Yeah, that's what Scripture says. Right, oh, where their helpmate. Yes, and they don't want to be alone. They don't want to live this lonely life. Now that you may yeah. think, oh, they want to be independent and on their own, and you know this, it's just an act. You know, at the bottom of it, they really want you to be with them. And that's why they take the dog with them in the car. (laughs) They'd rather have the dog with them than no one. Um, No, why not? And I, 
I, I mean this much better than it sounds. Why don't you replace the dog? Um, yeah. uh, there's a better way of saying that. Yeah, but, yeah that uh, doesn't quite, but we get what you're saying. We get what you're saying. Yeah, what I'm saying is why don't you be that best friend? Yeah. Do the things, sit and watch the game with him. Yeah. And you're going, oh, yeah, that's like a great afternoon. Two and a half hours watching football. He says almost nothing. By the way, bring food if you sit with him as well. Yeah. Um, sit with him for right. two and a half hours, and he'll <laughs> say this is one of the best afternoons he's had all year. And you'll yeah. go, but we didn't talk that much. We didn't plan. We didn't solve. No, but you sat next to me, and yeah. you were here, and that's what I needed. You know, Adam's rib is still missing. Yeah. And uh, he wants you to be close to him. The wives feel it's talking will be the way that we'll be close to him. And I can understand that because that's the way they're close to other women. But listening is the way he'll feel close to you. And there will be a time right. you listen to him. There'll be a time, trust me, when he'll say, so what do you think? Mm -hmm. And at that time, you have a wide open door. You can right. share whatever you think, and he will listen to you, and he'll engage with you because you listen to him. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Wow. Well, I've got my notes here, and I know the mamas that are listening have taken their notes. Uh, I should say mama wives, um, because really, what what does matter most in life except our relationship with Christ, our husband, our kids? That's how we'll be the light in this world. So. Thank you for the challenges and thank you for the insight. We so appreciate it. I think uh, maybe February is going to be a great month for all of us because we're going to do things a little bit different here in honor of Valentine's Day. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation. All right. God bless you, Pastor Bob. And congratulations to all those years of marriage and to your beautiful family that God is using in, in, in a mighty way. Thank you. And same to you. Well, as Pastor Bob talked about in today's podcast, there's nothing more important than we can do then invest in our marriages and invest in our homes and our families. So thanks again, Pastor Bob. Uh, before we leave, I would like to remind all of you to check out our website at momsforamerica.us to look at all of our amazing resources, events, and programs. When you visit there, would you also sign up for our newsletter? Uh, this will help you get educated on issues just like this particular topic and other issues that relate to you as a mom. And you can engage with moms all across the country. Also, while you're there, check out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. These are a great series for you. 12 lessons that will inspire you about America's amazing heritage so you can share those principles of liberty in your home and your community. This program, along with many of our other programs on our website, will help you uh, impact your family and your community in such a powerful way. So please go ahead and check us out. Moms for America, we are here for you. In closing, uh, if you have any topics, like today we talked about how to get our husbands to talk to us, uh, would you please send us uh, those at uh, podcast at momsforamerica.net. That email goes directly to me, and I would love to hear from you with any of your suggestions. All right, moms, we say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you mamas, you are truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so important. It's mamas just like you all across our country standing up for truth, freedom, and our faith. So uh, again, please share this, like, subscribe with your mama friends, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week again uh, for another informative and educational Moms for America podcast. All right, mamas, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. See you soon. Mm -hmm.